You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. wasn't ready. <laughs> I forgot about that conversation. <laughs> Man. Jesus amazing. Oh my gosh. All right. You guys happy? (laughs) Well, the gospel is good news. (laughs) The best news. Because while I was yet a sinner... Christ died for me. (laughs) What do you do with that? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. (laughs) Man, oh man. So my name's Aaron. (laughs) A-A-Ron. you guys have fun last night? Love Matt to death. That man is pure gold. (sighs) And I was thinking, I was thinking the other day, I was like, man, we actually get to do life with these people, you know? Like, I, I, I get to hug somebody who is actively trying to raise the dead. It's not normal. <laughs> I, get to, I get to hang out with folks who are actively trying to love the socks off of you. You know, love the hell out of you. <laughs> that is not normal. <laughs> These people are amazing. <laughs> I'm so grateful. I'm so happy. <laughs> Thanks to Owen for bringing my Bible. <laughs> Made my heart so happy. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I left my Bible at home, guys. <laughs> He's like, so Owen's like, I'll go get it. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is a weekend of miracles. <laughs> Let's pray and and, uh, just hand our hearts over to the Lord. Forget all else, for there is nothing else. (sighs) Yeah, Lord, we just give you all our attention. Right here, right now. Every other desire we lay down, every question, every doubt, every anxiety, just lay it down. We just hand our hearts over to you, Jesus. For you are worthy of it all.
and I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. For your name is great and greatly to be praised. Oh, God, help me. (laughs) And Father, I pray that in spite of me, you would reach through me and touch your people. Amen. I'm trying to get together. It's not working, though. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to share a little bit of my life and uh, hope that we can all grow a little bit together. Um, I got saved in August of 2012 in a McDonald's parking lot at 10.30 at night. (laughs) And my sinner's prayer was, okay, Lord, I'll take you seriously. (laughs) That's the truth. And everything changed. So serious. Uh, That's the gospel. He does it. Anyway, so... I was uh, discipled, brought up in a church where um, the only supernatural thing that they believed was that the Bible was divine and Jesus' blood had the power to save. That was it. I never once heard about a word of prophecy, never once heard a word about healing, never once heard a word about Holy Spirit fire, baptism, dreams, none of that stuff. It's not that they taught against it, they just didn't touch it. And I would ask questions. I was like, hey, this, uh, what, what does this say? What does that mean? And they, they tried their best with me. I tell you, I, <laughs> Look, I have to say this. Ross Thomas, that man was a godsend for me. He quite literally saved my life. He he was uh, <clears throat> I needed somebody to be there, and he was there. I would actively ignore him, push him away, don't talk to me, get out of my face. And he would just keep coming. He'd keep calling. He'd keep showing at my doorstep. He just he just he is the most faithful man I have ever seen. And I needed it. Man, did I need it. I just, thank you, God, for Ross. Ah, bless him, Jesus. Anyway, I gave that man such a hard time. And I was not nice about it. <laughs> yeah, and he was so faithful, guys. I, I pray Jesus makes me half of that. <laughs> Anyway, so this church, <clears throat> uh, all, we, all, all we did, listen, all we did was read the Bible and share the gospel. That was it. That was it. We went to church. We went to lunch. We shared the gospel. We met folks. We had Bible study. We brought them out to share the gospel. They met folks. We read the Bible. We shared the gospel. That was it. It's all we did, Sunday through Sunday. And it was amazing. (laughs) Not once did I see a healing. Not once did I say a word of prophecy. Not once did I have a word of knowledge. But so many people got born again. Because there's power. (laughs) Wonder-working power in the blood. (laughs) No blood of the lamb. 
and I was in this church for four years, and I was quite aggressive, and I was quite zealous, quite immature, quite angry. Um, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would ask people, this is a true story. I said, hey, can I pray for you? And they said, no thanks. And I said, why not? <laughs> and, they, and they'd keep walking, and I would follow them, asking them questions. Do you know Jesus? Have you heard the gospel? What are you doing today? Where are you going? What class you got? I'll go sit with you. <laughs> and I got to be honest, my favorite was when I just ran straight into an atheist, man. Those were my favorite. Those were my absolute favorite. I was big in apologetics then, which is like basically proving, God, proving the gospel through science and fact and all this other stuff. And, uh, boy, we'd go at it. So, I mean, we'd sit there for two hours just back and forth. And Anyway, it's not. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I'm just telling you my life, okay? <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I think it's important to say that because uh, this is a school of healing and miracles, yes. And the greatest miracle is salvation. Don't ever forget that. <clears throat> so I think it's important, I think it's vitally important that we lay the groundwork straight out the gates and ask ourselves, why are we looking for miracles? Why are we looking for healings? Why, why are we here? Why are we doing this? And uh, it's just a good heart check. Because are we looking to expand his kingdom or are we looking to expand our kingdom? And I have to check myself on that all the time. All the time. <clears throat> and uh, David Papavisi, if you guys ever heard of him, he's a uh, missionary in the Middle East. Uh, he said outreach or evangelism exists because worship doesn't. And I was like, how wonderful. <laughs> that is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And, uh, yeah, let me read something real quick. Luke chapter 17. Um, thanks, Owen, again for the Bible. Luke chapter 17, start at verse 11. Because <clears throat> I think this is a wonderful, this is like gold. <clears throat> To illustrate this, starting at verse 11, while he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. <clears throat> and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, isn't that interesting? <laughs> I just want to ask the question, what was Jesus looking for out of these men? Yes, first he was looking for them to obey, go and show yourself to the priest. Because they took those steps, they turned around and said, oh my goodness, this man just healed me. Right? And they went on about their business. But one man turned around and said, this, who, who are you? I know you're from God. 
You have to be. God is so amazing. Only he could do something like this. Oh, I worship you. Giving glory to God. And Jesus says, this is what I was looking for. Where the other night? Did they not want to worship? <clears throat> Did they not want to give glory to God? <clears throat> so I think this is a, a, a perfect illustration that what we're really after is the greatest miracle. For God to set up a tabernacle of praise in each and every heart. <clears throat> And healings is like ringing the doorbell. Healings are like the fireworks to get your attention. They are step one. They are, <clears throat> they get the conversation going. But what God really wants is for you to worship. What he really wants is for you to give your heart over to him. <clears throat> and real quick while I'm here, uh, I think it's interesting Jesus just says, go and show yourselves to the priest. He didn't say a thing about anything else. And they got healed. I just, there's, there's no rules. <laughs> Jesus does whatever he wants. <laughs> so you might say, Aaron, what are you saying? You just pray for the sick so that uh, for the only reason to get people to worship God? Yes. That is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> that is the only thing that I want is for people to worship God. That is it. Because <clears throat> I, I, I mean, I am so convinced. I, I believe that worship is very literally the answer to everything. Everything. I believe that more than I believe in gravity. I, I, I am so convinced that there's not one question, there's not one tragedy, there's not one doubt or confusion or ignorance on the planet or in the universe that cannot be solved through worship. <laughs> it's my favorite thing ever. <clears throat> so... Uh, I'm jump to Numbers chapter 21. This is another good one. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, that's real early. Numbers chapter 21. Look at that. Starting at verse 4. Then they set out from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea, to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient because of the journey. The people spoke against God and Moses, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this miserable food. I just want to point out that that miserable food they're talking about is literally a brand new thing that God has never done before manna from heaven. He just created it on the ground every day. And he said, this is the miserable food. It's crazy. And the Bible says that it tasted a little bit like honey. <laughs> the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. So the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord, and you intercede with the Lord that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on the standard, and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he will live. And Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on the standard, and it came about that if a serpent bit any man, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. Another translation says, when they look, they were healed. And I want, to, I want to point out that God didn't take away the serpents. But he did something more. He took the fear of death from the people. So that you could walk around these serpents and say, oh, that's not a big deal anymore. 
<clears throat> God has made a way. <laughs> and in John chapter 3, I love the Bible. It's perfect. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 3, starting verse 13. No one has ascended into heaven. This is Jesus talking. No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Isn't that amazing? Jesus says, just like Moses lifted up the serpent, the Son of Man must be lifted up so that all who look upon him shall live. All who look upon him shall be made whole. All who look upon him shall have sozo. <clears throat> and it, I really believe it is that simple to look upon the face of Jesus and everything be made okay. <clears throat> so if you want to know the truth, uh, when I'm praying for folks, uh, and it takes more than twice for me to say words out of my mouth, I just start worshiping. That's the truth. I just, I mean, it's honestly, I'll, I'll just sit there and just say, thank you. Oh, you're beautiful and wonderful. You're glorious and kind, merciful and just. <clears throat> just right there, just right there on the spot. It's true. And um, it was Eric Gilmore who said that adoration opens up the receptivity of your heart. And uh, I think it's really important because when, when I can get, for me personally, when I can get in the the act of actively uh, praying for somebody, it's real easy to go from faith in a moment to now we got to get this thing done, you know, to acts, to, to striving, to just forcing your way through. So I put a check in my heart and say, two strikes and you're out, Aaron. Just start worshiping. You got it. You've done it. You, you, you got what you had. You know, just start worshiping. <laughs> it's the only thing you know what to do it's the only thing that works it's the only thing that God does it He's, he has to do it <clears throat> and uh, I mean it's all him he's the one who provided the promise he's the one who provided the blood he's the one who provided the power <clears throat> he's the one who does it and all I have to do is look on him and he does it over and over and over again. Um, so yeah, just real quick while I'm sitting on here, this uh, another tip is that um, when I when I change my mind from trying to pray for somebody and trying to get something healed, and I start to worship, it slows everything down. It slows the whole situation down, and it goes from from the enemy beating me, beating me up, saying you ain't got it. They're not going to get healed. Uh, Jesus doesn't want them to get healed. Their faith is going to be destroyed because you prayed for them and nothing happened. You know, so I stopped the whole show. And I say, we're not playing that game. <laughs> Homie, don't play that. <laughs> we're just going to sit here and worship. And it's going to happen. And it just, for me, oh, it helps me so much. It just slows the whole show down. Shuts the whole thing down. And, uh. The enemy doesn't like it. Because <laughs> it happens fast. I mean, it happens in like 
when you're when you're at the mall or you're at the gas station and you're praying for somebody and there's people around and people trying to check out and it, nothing happens the first time, like like a million things happen on the inside in like 0.2 seconds. And uh, so you just take a moment. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Oh, the blood. <clears throat> okay, bless you. Be healed, you know. <laughs> Shuts the whole show down. <clears throat> I like it. Um, so, sorry, I got, I got a little ahead of myself. I do think, because um, I was praying about this, and I do think specifically the Lord has something to say to us today at this moment about this. And, um, and in Psalm chapter 1, um, it says, The man who meditates on the word is like a tree planted by the river. Trees don't move. They are immovable. And Ephesians 4 says that, uh, so that we may, I think it's uh, verse 14, um, says that so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and every human cunning and every deceitful scheme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I believe that the Lord wants us to, the important thing that I believe the Lord wants to say is our hearts need to be a tree planted. We can't be tossed to and fro. We shouldn't be able to be picked up and put over here on this other doctrine and then the next wind comes and picked up and put over here on this doctrine. We should be planted, firm, immovable, cemented in his word, in his faithfulness, in his goodness. Oh man, which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. That is a great, that is amazing. I think it's verse 2 where he says, a man who meditates on the word day and night, he will be, oh, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree planted by the river of God. Isn't that amazing? So I, I, I believe that the Lord really wants to emphasize the fact that he has to be it. Like there, there can't be any other option. There can't be a plan B. There can't be an escape. There can't be, uh, there can't be a strong wind from whoever your favorite preacher is. He has to be it. That's got to be period at the end of that sentence. <clears throat> so let me tell you my favorite verse that helped me Put the period at the end of that sentence. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. This one did it for me. This one, it shut everything else down. This one closed the case on healing for me. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This is my favorite. Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Because Jesus never said anything that the Father didn't say. Jesus never did anything that the Father didn't do. He waited until he saw the Father do something before he did it. He waited until he heard the verse, the voice of the Father before he said anything. And the Father said, I am willing. Be cleansed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That one closed the case on me. That was it. There was zero argument for me after that. <clears throat> Once that one came to light, I was like, man, I am planted now, boy. <laughs> yes. It's so amazing. 
But, uh, you know, just like Matt said last night um, about him and his wife, he said that you have to make a decision in your heart that this is what's going to happen. You have to make a decision in your heart that it is the Lord's will to heal every single time. For the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but the Lord came so that you may have life and have life abundantly. You got to make that decision in your heart. We have to be immovable. And uh, just like Balaam, you remember the talking donkey? It says, uh, the first time he ran to the angel, the donkey moved out of the trail. And then the second time he ran to the angel, it says that they were in a narrow garden path with walls on either side. That when the donkey tried to turn around, it smushed his foot against the wall. And so Balaam, he gets off and he's, you know, fussing and cussing and spitting and said, I'd kill you, donkey. (laughs) (laughs) And the donkey turned around and said, what are you talking about? You didn't see that angel? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I believe that has to be us. I believe we have to be on that trail that's so narrow that we can't move to the left or to the right because it'll hurt. <laughs> we can't turn around. There is no other option for me. It's putting my head down, squaring my feet, and going forward, and that's it. There's no backpedaling. There's no more turning around. This is it. This is it for me. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so. <laughs> So to bring it home, um, (laughs) amen. (laughs) Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Is that your show for? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so conflicted, man. <laughs> I will blow it. Can I blow it? Joe, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I messed that one up. All right. It's my strength. 
on heaven on high. Woo! I heard a testimony. Uh, that there was a, a glory party going on. And, uh, I mean, people were eating, they were shouting, they were falling out, they were, I mean, it was, it was game over. And uh, this guy was eating, and what happened was he stood up and went over here, but he was still eating. So everybody else at the party saw him stand up and go over here and pick up a shofar. And he blew the shofar. And smoke glory came out of the end of the shofar and healed every person at the meeting. <laughs> I want that so bad. God can do anything he wants. <clears throat> And my favorite part about that story, it had nothing to do with that guy. He was eating donuts. <laughs> God just did it because he wanted to. <clears throat> Woo! So, <laughs> um, Alex and I, my wife, we, we, uh, we, <laughs> We had somebody extremely close to us uh, who was on quick decline uh, with cancer, stomach cancer. And uh, we, got to see, we got to see her healed multiple times. We got to see her. Um, we got to baptize her in a river in Texas. Uh, and we were so convinced this is not going to happen. Cancer can't have you. We were praying and contending day and night. Day, I mean days. <clears throat> she passed. But there was, there was a choice we had to make in that moment, right then and there. <clears throat> we had to decide in our hearts what was true for me, what trail I was going to choose. So we did, and we chose God. <laughs> I tell you now, after that, we've seen cancer healed. We've seen blood disease healed, autism healed. <sighs> just, just random stuff I don't even know. Lupus, I don't even know what that is. <clears throat> we had to make a decision in our heart. This is what we're going to do. There is no plan B. There is no escape. There is no turning back for me. I am moving forward. I'm going to stare darkness in the face and say, Jesus is king. There's nothing you can do about it. <clears throat> Win or lose. We don't win them all, but we keep moving forward. There's only one trail, <clears throat> and that's what, I, that's what I believe the Lord really wants to emphasize today, that our hearts have to be so single, our eyes have to be so single, there is no other option. Like, it's, it has to be hard for me to even waver off this trail. It has to hurt my feelings for me to waver off this trail. See, because I found out, let me shed some light on this 
depressing thing here. I found out that the enemy uses our own love for people against us. Isn't that crazy? Let his schemes be revealed to you. Because when I found that out, oh boy, <laughs> it ticked me off. Because <laughs> he would use, he would keep us bound in fear and intimidation not to pray for somebody because we don't know how our faith will respond if it doesn't happen. <clears throat> I didn't know how my faith would respond when I didn't see it happen. So fear and panic spreads itself among us because we love people, because we know it's wrong, because we know they should be healed, because we know that is the will of God. (laughs) That's why I believe we have to be so single in heart, so overwhelmed with worship that worship has to be our reaction. It has to be our go-to. Because he can't stand in worship anymore. He used to lead worship. Now he can't stand it. (laughs) This is how I fight my battles. (laughs) Yeah, because once, once this becomes settled in our hearts, the miracles become easy. They become a part of life. Because there's no other option. It, this is what God wants. And if I believe that that's what God wants, I believe that's what's going to happen. You know, it becomes easy yeah. after that. Okay, so uh, let's have some fun. Let's practice. Because <laughs> healing's real. <laughs> I, uh, quick testimony. I was praying for some Mike. Michael's with me. We were praying for three little kids or teenagers. And uh, and uh, one guy, I'll just tell you a short version. One guy got his back healed, and uh, he's like, "What in the f is happening?" <laughs> and another guy got his leg healed, and he was doing this, and he's like, "Are you guys a magician?" <laughs> it's like, "Nope, Jesus is king." And uh, he's he just like his light bulb went off, and he's like, "God is real," and I was like, "You got it, man. That's it. You are never going to be the same now. <laughs> Done messed you up, boy. <laughs> God is real. God is real. <laughs> All right." So we've established Jesus as king. We've established this is his will. We've established uh, this is what he wants. He came to give us life and life abundantly. That is the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is just Aaron. Uh, you know, take it how you want it. But I am beginning to believe that every sickness is a spirit. That's, I, that's just me. You have to have your own conversations with Jesus about that one. Um, So, yes. So, here's what, here's what I want to do real quick before we move on. Uh, everybody close your eyes, please. Put your hand on your heart. And uh, turn your attention to the Lord. And speak to your heart and say, Jesus is King. And He always wants to heal. All right, say it with your chest this time. (laughs) Speak to your heart. Say, Jesus is king. And he always wants to heal. Jesus is king. And he always wants to heal. Holy Ghost, fire, everything. So, how do we get people healed? 
Let's bring it. Let's bring it home. Let's 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 let's, uh, let's go to the gas station. <laughs> and this is where it gets fun because honestly, I am beginning to be convinced that there's not really a wrong way to pray for somebody. If your heart is established that Jesus is King, and He always wants to heal, what you say really doesn't mean that much. But how you say it, <clears throat> not loudly, but if you say it from a place in your heart, if, you, if you've built up that history and it's like, I, I know Jesus wants this. If you say it from there, God can translate anything you say. You can say, uh, pain leave. <laughs> Excuse me. So, uh, and we'll practice a little bit because we, we have to get done at 12, and, uh, and I want to send you guys out to touch the city, right? So for me, uh, getting real practical here, 98% um, of the time, somebody's standing in front of me, and they got pain in their body. We've already established that. Um, I asked them, can I put my hand on your shoulder? And they say yes, they say no, whatever. I'll put that in the same category of you can say almost anything. <clears throat> um, and I just look at them and say, I look at the person and I say, be healed in Jesus' name. And then I look at where the pain is and I speak to the pain. And I say, pain, leave in Jesus' name. And that's it. I back up. And then I say, how do you feel? Because it's important that we ask the people after we pray for them, how do they feel? Do they feel better? Do they feel worse? Did the pain jump up and move? All these things are important. Are they, are they feeling like they're on fire? They got tingling in them? I like hearing that because it encourages me. <laughs> but um, I, know it's, I know it's the most profound healing prayer template you have ever heard. I know it is. <laughs> but there's a few things in here that I, that I want to establish. Um, that I think is really important. Um, it took a revelation for me to, uh, I was like, Lord, I, I, this was a few years ago. I was like, man, I want to see more healings. I just don't understand. Like, like I'm out praying for folks. People aren't getting healed. I just don't, I don't know what's happening. And the Lord said, you have to ask them if they have pain. And I was like, what? <laughs> that was revelation to me. If I wanted to see more people's pain healed, then I have to ask more people if they had pain. If I want to see more healings, then I have to ask more people who are hurt, can I pray for you? That was, that was revelation to me. <laughs> I was like, one plus one. Okay, it's two. Got it. <clears throat> Got it, Jesus. We're going forward now. <laughs> Break time's over. And uh, that's first. Secondly, I... I keep the, the prayer extremely short for a few reasons. One, because it helps my heart stay in the right place. Because as soon as I start praying long or praying whatever, it moves real quick from faith, Jesus is king, to I got to get this person healed now. We're running out of time. Stuff's happening. Uh, you know, babies at home need nap time, whatever. You know, it moves real quick from standing in faith to standing in work and getting tired. So for me, I keep it real short. Be healed, pain, leave. How's it going? You know, because I can just speak straight from the heart. Jesus is king. Your pain's going to leave. <clears throat> and thirdly, um, it helps the person who I'm praying for have more faith in the name of Jesus than in the person praying. Because <clears throat> I, it, it gets sticky, you know? Because in America, we have this really bad habit of, you know, making celebrities. So if they understand that it's the name of Jesus, you had pain, Jesus' name, now you don't have pain, I want to make that concrete. Like, you didn't have a thing to do with me. <clears throat> So I, I believe it helps the person just really get past me and give all this attention to Jesus. 
because we have to remember, well, <clears throat> lastly, <laughs> this, uh, did, I, did I do that right? Yeah, okay, so let's assume they got completely healed. Zero pain. They went from level eight to zero on the first try. And uh, I, this is really important because this happens all the time. People brush right over it. If you're out in the street, if you're out at the mall, whatever, you'd be surprised. Like so, like somebody could, could be on crutches and because uh, this happens. They could be on crutches in pain, level 10 pain, like every time they move, breathe, whatever, and then you pray for them and they get completely healed, zero pain, and they're just like, okay, thanks. That happens all the time. So I have to break it down for them. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Do you know what just happened? You had pain. Jesus' name. Now you don't have pain. God just showed up in your face and did a miracle right before your eyes. You have to break it down for people. <clears throat> and then once you do that, now you got your foot in the door for the gospel. Yeah. Now you get to tell them, oh, man, now you see how much God loves you. Yeah. Now you see that your sin does not scare God. Yeah. Now you see that he wants you. Now you see. <laughs> because we have to remember that healings, what God is really after is to capture hearts. And sometimes people need to see a miracle to get their attention, but not all the time. And uh, I just want to make that the focus. The healings are wonderful, amazing gifts and tools to use to get to the heart, to get to what God really wants. He wants them to worship, to establish tabernacles of praise in every heart. <clears throat> anyway, so does all that make sense? I hope I make it super clear and easy for us. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.